0: Genesis chapter 39, hopefully you've turned your scripture there. The scripture says that the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. He lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to to his care everything that he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. I want you to pay attention to that. The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care, which tells me that he realized where his blessing or where the favor was coming from. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except for the food he ate. Wow! Wouldn't you like to have a life like that? Wouldn't you like, ah, glory to God. I almost have it. My wife, my wife, she makes sure that I never run out of toothpaste. I never run out of deodorant. Somebody said, thank the Lord. I never run out of, I never run out of mouthwash. I never, I always have a fresh razor blade in my razor every other Sunday. My clothes are laid out almost every day. My socks are on the nightstand. My wife takes care of me, buddy. I'm almost like Potiphar. Yeah, She does. I give honor where honor is due. My wife takes good care of me. She must know about that insurance policy. (laughs) No, No, I mean, if she knew about that, she wouldn't be taking care of me. Don't tell her. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now I want you to turn to the Psalm. The Psalm chapter 5, fifth Psalm, verse 12. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Father, we thank you for the power of your word. And God, we just ask that, Lord, that the power of your word will transform hearts and lives and individuals in this very room this morning, and beyond. Lord, touch those that are watching by uh, uh, live stream this morning. Touch those that are listening by stream by radio. And Lord, minister to their needs as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What I want to preach to you this morning is a message that I've entitled, uh, The Unforgettable Favor of Joseph. The Unforgettable Favor of Joseph. The first thing I want to share with you is uh, the thought, if you would, of uh, differentiating between blessing and favor. Now, mind you, it's a thin line. And, 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 it's, a, and it's a close relationship that occurs there. Now, I want you to know this morning and realize there is no way that any of us in this room could, could be born again of the Spirit, saved as we call it. A Christian, as you may call it. There's none of us that can be saved in this room this morning apart from the favor of God. The favor of God that is obtained through Joseph, or Jesus for us, if you would. You see, we're the Potiphar in the case, as it may be, and, and, and we really don't merit any favor, but because Joseph, Potiphar had favor, and because of Jesus, we have favor shown to us, in the way of salvation and grace. So as we differentiate between blessing and favor, I want you to just some facts I want to give you about scripture. Blessing occurs 73 times in scripture. And as blessing occurs in these these 73 occurrences, it more so pertains to the work of Grace and mercy, or mercy and grace, whichever you want to, uh, whichever way you want to sort them and put them, those two in alignment. So, blessing and grace, mercy and uh, mercy and grace. Blessing is actually the work that occurs. Before we even achieve salvation, blessing is working in our life. Did you realize that? If, if, if you're sitting in this room this morning or if you're watching or listening and you're unsaved, you have blessing over your life because God and mercy because God is sparing you and God is allowing you to continue on even in your unbelief. You and I were blessed. And because before we got saved, before we made a commitment to Jesus Christ, you and I were blessed to have mercy and grace because He allowed us to continue. He allowed me to pass that car in the curve that night and with a tractor-trailer coming head-on. And if I'd have hit it, I would have probably instantaneously been taken out of this world. A lost 17-year-old boy. But it was the mercy and grace of God that spared me. It's mercy and grace of God that spared you in instances that, that, that you could have left this world lost and undone. It's the blessing of mercy and grace in your life in my life that the Holy Spirit began to speak to our hearts and He began to nudge our hearts and He drew us unto salvation and it's the blessing of mercy and grace that you and i come to the saving knowledge of the lord jesus christ that washed annihilated completely took away all of our sin and then even after we're saved blessing occurs because let me tell you something you know, I, I would like to tell you I only have the one child. I only have one son. He's a grown man now. And, and, and uh, but, but let me tell you something. My son was, is, and will not ever be perfect. He causes me pain sometimes. He causes me frustration. He causes me distress. He also brings me much joy and much happiness, and he he brings me uh, a lot of pleasure in my life, especially you know after grandkids came along, you know because grandkids are better than your kids, you know if uh, you know sometimes I wonder why God designed the world the way He did, but it's not for me to question. I wonder why we didn't get we weren't born old and get younger, and I wonder why grandkids weren't born before the kids because they're a whole lot better. You know, I wonder about things like that sometimes. But the truth of the matter is that even as believers, sometimes, oftentimes, you and I get very slothful. We, we get, we get lazy if you would. We'll get inattentive and, and, and we, 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 we will sometimes drift and, and we will shadow a little bit. And even when we're, even when we're sometimes drifting and, 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 and walking far away from the presence of God, His mercy and His grace even then is abiding with us and our lives are blessed even though that we are not committed like we once were or we know we should be or could be. Blessings, simply put, is the goodness of God. You know, we sing that song that's titled, The Goodness of God. Blessings are the goodness of God. However, favor, blessing occurs 73 times in Scripture. Favor occurs 118 times. There's 118 times of occurrence in Scripture. And in those... 118 times, there is a direct correlation with someone positioning themselves in a place with God that brings God great pleasure. Can I say that again? Favor has direct correlation with people placing themselves in a position with God that brings God great pleasure. You see, that messes with our, that messes with our Christian theology. That messes with our Christian idealism, if you would. Because we think about God as being the entity that's there to bless us and to bring us great pleasure. I'm going to church to get me a blessing. I'm going to prayer meeting to get me a blessing. I'm going, I'm going to listen on my, to the pot, latest podcast of my favorite preacher to get me a blessing. I'm going to get me a blessing and, and, and God is going to be this. God pour out your blessings upon me. God pour out this on me. God pour your oil over me. God do this to me. God do this for me. And, and we, we, we view God even if we don't admit it openly. We, in essence we we believe that God's there for our service and God's there to bless us and that God's there to do something for me but I find out if we if we so desire the favor of God it takes a change in our thought process it takes a different attitude it takes a different outlook on the things of God and when we begin to look at God I'm here to pleasure you I'm here to bless you God I'm here to increase you you. I'm I'm here to pour into your kingdom. That then we will find that 118, uh, that's what happened in Scripture, but we will find those 118, if you would, those reoccurrences of God's favor will begin to settle on us because our goal and our ambition is not necessarily to get blessed, but to bless the kingdom of God. And then we will inherit or we will find a great Great favor that will settle upon us. Now, I want to give you some examples. Before I give you these points, I want to give you some examples of favor just so you you can search them out in Scripture. We find in Genesis chapter 4, we find the man able, by his sacrifice, we find himself the illustration of coming in favor to the Father. We find in Genesis chapter 6 that Noah found grace. Noah found favor. Noah was a man favored of God. In Genesis, we, we've read about uh, him in our text this morning. In Genesis 35, we found Joseph. Found himself in favor. In, in Esther, the book named after her, chapter 9, we find Esther finding herself in favor with God. In in. In Luke chapter 2, we even find that Jesus, the Bible says, grew in favor both with God and man. Jesus. So, so we see the necessity of favor. This is, this is the reality of it. Favor is a blessing, but it's not a blessing to be consumed upon ourself. Favor is, you know, we used to sing that song, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. When we begin to bless God, when we begin to bless the kingdom of God, when we begin to to disregard what we can get out of the deal, if you would, when we begin to think, what can I be to God? What can I be to the kingdom of God? We will find that we will inherit a a favor that will be life-changing, that in essence will become a blessing to us. Okay? Okay? But I want to share with you this morning four points to obtaining favor. The first I want to point out is the opportunity of prayer. The Scripture says in Matthew 6 and 33, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek. Pursue. That actually, if you search that word out, it has a meaning that means to chase after. Chase after. Chase after the kingdom of God. Now, now for us, most of us in this room, most of us watching, most of us listening this morning, most of us, we, we, we have a pursuit, but most of the time the pursuit is about me own self. You know what I want, what I'd like to do, where I'd like to go, what I'd like to spend my money on. What I, you you, you know, and 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 we and and the self agenda. Oftentimes we get so engulfed in the self agenda that we leave little time to truly seek after the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Oftentimes when I pray, if I'm not real careful, and 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 I can have a prayer list in front of me, and 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 don't ever think I mind praying for you. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I can have a prayer list in front of me, and I could begin to pray. I could say, Lord, I pray for Zach. Lord, I pray for Christine. Lord, I pray for Elaine. Lord, I pray for Leslie. I pray for Dana. I pray for Barry. I pray for Frankie. I pray for the other Dana. You know, and I pray. I just go all the way around. I pray for Darlene. I pray for Arbutus. I pray for Regina. You know, I pray for Anita. And I pray for Pat and Gina. You know, Lord, I just pray for everybody. And I pray for me, and, and I find myself that my prayers not that it 's wrong, okay, not that it 's wrong, but I can find myself praying for an hour and not even praying for the kingdom of God to increase you see when, when god 's calling us. To 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 increase the kingdom of God. He he when he when he created Adam and Eve, he created them that they may multiply physically multiply. That means have babies, okay? Physically multiply and and, and replenish the earth. Uh, you know, increase the population on the earth. So so that was important to commandment. But I think there's a metaphor. There is a spiritual metaphor underlying there that we are to be reproducing the spiritual kingdom of God here on earth. We we pray that prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But are we actually doing what we need to do to reproduce the kingdom of God here on earth? Are we, is our focus on kingdom focus? Is it kingdom purpose? Are we looking to get people saved? Don't raise your hand, but I want to know, just think, just write it down. Maybe you want to write it down, maybe write it down on the palm of your hand, whatever. But we just now, we're early in 2020. But I want you to write it down. Think back to 2019. Reminisce just a few months ago. But I want you to think that. How many people did you lead to Jesus in 2019? Write it down so you can remember it. Did you lead? Most of you in this room, I want to tell you what you're writing down because we are all typical. We're typical Christians. Most of you in this room are writing down a big fat zero. Because we're lacking in a kingdom mindset. We're lacking in a kingdom mindset. You see, we're not being fruitful and we're not multiplying and, and we're not doing that. And, and, and prayer, seek first the kingdom of God. Also, I've got to move along. I got, I, I got stuck on that one. But prayer should not... Listen, here's the thing about prayer. Let me say this. When we pray, here's where a lot of us struggle with prayer. Me on self included. We pray as if it's our responsibility to talk to God and change His mind. Now, my first wife's mother, rest her soul, she should. If she was sitting right here, she she would know. She she would give me an awful face, and she'd say, "Why did you have to tell that?" But rest her soul, she should. Her calling in life should have been a used car salesman. Because she could talk anybody into doing just about anything. Okay? Didn't she? She had that knack about. And And if she thought she could, she would certainly try. But you know, sometimes we think our responsibility of prayer is to talk to God and to persuade Him to change His mind. Or to tell him all the things that are wrong that he doesn't know about. Think about, it. think about our, think about our prayer life. Sometimes, sometimes we do that. But see, our job is not to tell God what to do. Our job is not to inform him. You know, he, he doesn't need to be on the gossip chain or anything like that. But a prayer should be, I wrote this down, prayer should not be attempt to change God's mind, rather, it should be the attempt to allow us to be positioned in His will. You see, when we come to the Lord in prayer and, and and we really pursue God and we pursue the will of God, we're, that's when Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, comes to fruition. That's when it comes to that place. God, you're going to change. I'm 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 focusing on Your will. Forget about all the stuff I'm going to pray for and that I'm a, I want to tell you that needs to be done. All the people, listen. My neighbor needs to be fixed. They 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 are all messed up. They got it all wrong my neighbors need help god fix them jesus lord i want you to pray for the other neighbor down the road that's got that honorary dog i want you to I, I just pray lord that that dog something happens to that dog before it bites somebody lord i want you to do this and, and if we will if we will more so focus on the need that god i need to be in your kingdom will god i need to be in your kingdom purpose god i need to get focused on you when we begin to do that in prayer let me tell you something we are positioning ourselves for the favor of God to come to over our lives and begin to overshadow our lives, because listen, Joseph's favor, the unforgettable favor of Joseph, was not anything Joseph had done. He had went through a difficult time in life. For those of you that know the story, he had been sold by his brothers into slavery. He, he had been he had been tried to set up on rape charges uh, uh, in, in in his master's house. He, he had, he had uh, interpreted dreams in prison, but still wasn't released from prison for another two years. Listen, uh, Joseph had problems. Joseph had difficulties. But yet because he had favor over him, even the Egyptian kingdom was, was, was ministered to and, and needs were met in Potiphar's house. And when we have favor over our life, when we, when we achieve God's favor in our life, then not only are we going to be blessed, but the house that we serve will be blessed. Are you listening to me? That don't, that's just not your house at home, but it it could include your employer. It could include your church. It can include what it can include whatever you have hand in. If the favor of God is setting upon you, the favor of God will radiate off of you, and it will affect the circumstances of your surroundings. I got to hurry up. The second thing is utilizing faith. Now, according to what Paul wrote to the church at Rome in chapter twelve, Paul says every person has a measure of faith. Don't sit here and tell me this morning that you don't have no faith. Because if you say that, either one of two things just occurred. Either you don't really have an understanding of the Word of God, because without faith you couldn't even be saved. You don't really understand the Word of God, or somebody's lied to you. You know, something's going on, something's happened. Every person has a measure of faith. Everybody has an ability of faith. Now, is some people's faith more prominent than others? Absolutely. In Hebrews, Hebrews, the writer says that it's impossible to please God without faith. Favor comes through pleasing. We, we please God through faith. We have to believe in faith. Now, now, listen, it, 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 it's, it's, I, I, I never have been into the easy believism or the blab it and grab it or none of that stuff. You know, you know, I, don't 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 tell me to say that I don't have a migraine headache when I know my head feels like it's about ready to lift off my head, right? Amen, Rod. Amen. Don't tell me don't tell me I don't have a headache. And I and, I, and I'm not gonna say I don't really have a headache, I don't really have a headache. That that that's that's just that's just denial, that's foolishness in my opinion. But my faith comes in when I say, God, it may feel like my head is about to explode, but I know, God, that You can sustain me. You can take care of me. You are sovereign. You are a healer. You are Lord. You are God. You are King of kings. If my head don't quit hurting, I may think I can't stand it, but You're going to enable me. You're going to strengthen me. You're going to do whatever I need to do. But listen to this. We have to believe. Faith is believing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that we can't even see. If you can see it, if you can touch it, it, if you can feel it, if you can obtain it by money, whatever, then you really don't need faith. But faith is believing for the impossibilities on the unseen and the unheard. Listen, and faith, if you would, is like a muscle, if you would. The more you exercise your faith, the more your faith will grow. Because as you exercise your faith, your faith will yield results. And as your faith yields results, you will continue to increase in faith because you will see and you will know and it will be evidence that faith works because faith in God is, is, is real. And it's true. And it's yielding. So as we strive towards favor, we have prayer. And we have faith. But then we have obedience and submission. Obedience. We all know what obedience is. You know, obey, obedience. We, we, we all probably can relate to that. Especially with our kids or our grandkids. Maybe you're a boss on your job and I told, you you know, I told you to do this and you didn't do that. We all can relate to obedience. But this is the thing, obedience. Emulates our love. Obedience. Obedience states to God. Obedience to God states I love you. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. I, I, I am not hen-picked. I may have a few hen-house ways, but I'm not hen-picked. But it pleases me. To please my wife. And it pleases her to please me. Amen. (laughs) It pleases me to please my wife and it pleases her to please me. You know what? And that's good. I'm not, and I'm not bragging about our relationship. We're not perfect by any, any means. But, 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 but the, the reality of it is, that's the type of relationship that Christ wants with His church. He wants to please us. He wants to please you. But He also is anticipating you and I to please Him. Amen. So, so uh, obedience, let me tell you something, and, and, and uh, You know, every once once in a great while, I'll do something that my wife didn't ask me to do. Every once in a great while. And it typically does not make her happy. And every once in a while, she'll do the same thing to me. And it typically won't make me happy. But understand this: It's not that we are demanding, and we're, we're we're we have a rod of iron holding it over our our or one of those big old black. Cracker barrel skillets holding over my head. And understand this, God is not standing. I don't want you to imagine. I don't want you to have the picture of God as setting up on His throne with a Louisville Slugger baseball bat just waiting for you to mess up or not to do what you need to be doing or should be doing just waiting to crack you over the head because that's not God at all. But God does call us to obedience. God does call us. He does want us to be obedient because I find in 2nd John in verses 5 and 6 of 2nd John, it's the word of God says this, I'm not writing to you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another and this is love that we walk in obedience to his commandments. You see, when we blatantly disobey God, when we, when we are not following God and we're not, we're not pursuing Him and, and, and being obedient to what we know is, what we know is His written word and what we believe is His will for our life. If He's saying, I'm calling you to go to the Congo and bless God you're not going to the Congo, then you're walking in a means of disobedience. When he when he said to me, "I want you to go to West Virginia," and I said, "I don't want to go to West Virginia. I want to go to North Carolina." I could have went. But I would have been walking in disobedience. But when we walk in obedience, obedience again emulates our love. I have such a love for Jesus Christ that I want to go wherever He wants me to go. I want to be wherever He wants me to be. I want to fulfill the role that He has for me to fulfill in the kingdom. Not only does obedience emulate love, but obedience also indicates submission. Submission. The reason the reason I want to do the things my wife wants me to do, she told me the other day, she said, you need to take this to town and do this. And I really had other things to do, but I did what she asked me to do. She didn't demand it of me. She asked me to do it. And I did it because, you know what? Because I'm submissive to her. She's my wife. I'm supposed to be submissive to her. The other, you know, I asked her to do something yesterday. And you know what? She went ahead and did it. You know what? Not because I demanded it. Not because I forced it. Not because I threatened her. But because she's submissive to me. You know why? Because she's supposed to be submissive to me. I'm her husband. And that we too are, are called to be submissive to God. You know, we expect Him and we anticipate Him to be submissive to us. Don't we? God, I want You to do it and I want You to do it now. God, I want You to heal and I want You to heal them right now. And we oftentimes stomp our foot at God, expecting Him to be submissive our demand. But what if God stomped His foot at us? Which He doesn't, by the way. What if God was a foot stomper? What if He made demands of us and called us into that? But hang with me just a minute. Submission is synonymous with surrender. When Sarah and I stood... Well, that was the public, that was the public, that was the official public declaration. When we stood on the podium of Pulaski Church of God and we exchanged vows with one another, as we exchanged those vows, we made a public declaration that we were going to be submissive to one another. Hers went something like, Sarah, do you take in our tailor to be your wedded husband, to have and to hold, to love and cherish? Till death do us part. And she said, I do. And then I did the same, I, I did the same thing. Do you take Sarah? Ty-? And I said, I do. You see, it, it, it was, it was a giving of, it was a public commitment to submission. And because I've submitted to her, I've also surrendered to her. Because she's submitted to me, she has always surrendered to me. Now every once in a while she'll get honored. Every once in a while I get honorary. Like old Stephen Barlow back there. But you know what? When I get honorary, now, she may not like it. When she gets honorary, I don't like it. But you know what? She still loves me. And I still love her. And you know, sometimes you and I get honorary with God. Sometimes we get stubborn with God. Sometimes we, we, we just don't want to do it, or we want to do it our way, or we don't want to do it at all. And, 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 but God still loves us. And sometimes God's not gonna do what you want Him to do, but we still love Him. We still love Him. How many times have have I have I, I worked with families? I can't count the number of times that people said because something didn't happen their way, their loved one didn't didn't live after they were unhooked off of uh, off of the machine or. Or maybe their child was taken tragically in a car accident or something like that. And and those people have said, now pastor, I just, I'm mad at God. God is unfair. God, listen, God is just and God is right in all his ways. I can't explain all of it, but let me tell you this. God is the very best friend that you could ever have. And he is worthy of our submission. He is worthy of our giving ourselves over to him. I got to hurry up. Patience. Oh Lord. Patience, patience. Joseph had to wait two years after interpreting the cupbearer's dream before he ever really saw the evidence of God's favor on his life. Now, God's favor on his life actually was shown through the interpretation of the dream while Joseph was in prison. But Joseph was still living in prison. You catch what I'm saying? Joseph had favor radiating off his life, but Joseph, Joseph's still living in prison. He's still the guy that his brothers, you know, they wanted to kill him. They didn't kill him. They sold him. This is the guy that's been accused of rape, been set up, uh, and after being so good to that family and bringing favor into that house, this is the guy that that's interpreted dreams and 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 now he bless God, he's still in prison for two more years. Boy, that just really doesn't seem fair. Doesn't And there's some of you in this room today you're feeling like well things are just really not fair to me. I've been hanging out here. I, I did all, I, all these wonderful things. I blessed all of these people. I've done all of these things have occurred through me, and here I'm still sitting the one sitting in jail for two more years. Let me tell you something. Patience perseveres. I want you to know that. Patience perseveres. Listen, patience, patience has to be tactical. Patience, we have to wait. Patience incorporates trust. Trust is a portion of faith. Listen very clear. If you don't catch a whole lot else of what I say this morning, I want you to listen to this. What appears... To be what appears to be the absence of favor does not mean it's not there. Can I say that again? What appears to be the absence of favor does not mean it's not there. It goes back to faith. It goes back to trust. It goes, it goes back to submitting ourselves to God. It goes back to, to, we talked about Job this morning in life. You may, though you may slay me, I will still trust you. Understand this, that, that it may seem like God is not with me, He's not around me, everybody around has been blessed, some have even been blessed through me and because of me, but I'm still sitting in prison. Don't ever think that God's favor has been removed, because even though the, if you have submitted yourself to God, and you've given yourself over to His work, and the kingdom work, then it's not that you're alone, you just may be going through a season of growth, Growing and developing. It was whatever reason in God's infinite wisdom and in all of His plan, Joseph stayed in that prison for two more years. But when it came out, when He came out, God's favor would radiate in a way that it never had before. So, just because favor seems to be absent, doesn't really mean it's not there. You see... This is the unforgettable favor of Joseph. The unforgettable favor of Joseph is he came through rejection to be a ruler. He suffered through rejection to become a ruler. His, listen... He, man, Joseph thought he had something good going on when he went home and, and, he, and he told his dream when he was a child. He, he Man, he thought it was great. But he didn't have any idea, he didn't have a clue that his brothers would become jealous of him. He was rejected by his family. They turned him aside. They 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 contemplated murder, and I've already told you they sold him into slavery, thinking he'd never live again. And, and and then they 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 mocked it up to where they they told his daddy that he had been killed, when really he wasn't dead at all. And that rejection led Joseph to be a ruler, and the temptation that Joseph had with Potiphar's wife led to a triumph because then he would find himself in the position to become ruler, if you would. And then the dejected, delayed, and delivered. He was dejected, delayed, and delivered. He interpreted the dreams of the baker and the cupbearer in prison. But he went from being dejected, he was delayed while he was in prison, but he eventually became delivered. But here's here's the thing about it. If you read this story, it's one you could take months preaching, okay? But study this out. Read it for yourself. Find it. Discover it for yourself. But when Joseph's brother, when Joseph's brother came during the years of famine looking for food, he knew who they were. They didn't have a clue who he was. He looked like an Egyptian. But Joseph was in the favor of God. Almost like another Bible character, Joseph, all he went through was for such a time as this. Joseph was there for when, when, when the famine came and, and the, the household of faith, it, as it would be in that time, in that dispensation, was, was facing annihilation, st- literally starving to death. Joseph said, Y'all load up the wagons. We don't send them over to my dad's place. And as Joseph's father saw the wagons coming, he saw the favor of the Lord coming down the road. Now, the favor of the Lord coming down the road was not necessarily because what he had done or any of the rest of his sons, but it was because of a son that had committed themselves to the kingdom purpose. It was because of a son that had yielded himself. And listen, if you and I, if we will commit ourselves, if we will commit ourselves again, think about this, if we will commit ourselves through prayer and faith, obedience and patience, if we will commit ourselves to these things, listen, more than I need a blessing, more than I need a blessing, more than you need a blessing, we need to desire the favor of God. Because if we desire the favor of God, the kingdom of God will be increased. It will spill over us and out of us. And it will impact the world that was around. You see, because what happened with Joseph, he saved the nation of Israel. One man's favor saved a nation which God had decreed would happen. But little did Joseph know it would be through him. You know it's untold. Joseph had no idea. Listen, Joseph was living this out. far as Joseph Joseph's life, he probably thought, "My, my life is a whirlwind. I done went from from being just a, a local farm boy to, to 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 now being a ruler in Egypt. I was a servant in the king's house. I was a prisoner in jail. Now I'm a ruler in Egypt. And, and little did he know he would be the salvation of the nation in that day, in that time. He didn't have any idea. And you don't have an idea what God is wanting to do in your life and what God is wanting to raise you up into. Neither do I. But what we need to do is be submissive to God, have faith, pray, and have patience. And when I say to God, God, I want to be in your favor. I'm not saying to God, God, I want, I like, I like to have a nicer car than my little ugly cube. I, I like to have you know, God, I've always wanted, God, you know, Lord, I really like that street glide, that new street glide at the Harley shop. You know, God, I really like, yeah, buddy, and I, Jesus, I could really give you glory riding that street glide. I put me some Christian patches on my back, you know, wearing my Christian vest and all like that. Yeah, I, no, when I say God, I want Your favor. When I say, God, I want to walk in Your favor. I want to live in Your favor. I want to operate in Your favor. What that is saying in 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 this message this morning, what I'm interjecting into your mind is to walk in God's favor. Is to be the man or the woman of God that will increase the kingdom of God. That will reach out and impact this world that we live in. You will see your family saved. You will see your family delivered. You will see your community delivered. You will see your community set free. You will see our country, the greatest country in the world, that God knows we need help. But but it's up to us, the church, to keep favor in our lives if we continue to see the United States of America continue to be blessed as a nation. God, I need favor. And favor is not about you or me, it's about Him. So the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord has really chastised my heart this week. Cause I'm all the time, I say, Lord, I need a blessing today. Lord, bless me today. You know, bless my food, Lord. You know, I'm about to eat. Lord, bless my wife. Lord, bless my family. And, and we all the time talk, but the Lord's just really stirred my heart. More than blessing, I need favor. I need favor. God, let me walk in your favor. I want you to bow your heads just for a minute, please. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me tell you, if you've never been saved, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then there is no way that you're actually walking in the favor of God. Now, you may be walking in His, in His permissive grace and mercy, which is a blessing, but you're not walking in favor. This morning, if you've never been saved or maybe you've drifted far away from God in this room, I'd just like for you to slip up your hands. I won't embarrass you for nothing at all, but just slip up your hands and say, Pastor, pray for me. I take it like that, everybody's everybody's good in your experience with the Lord. I trust that that your call and election is, is sure. and only you know that, you and God, but I trust you. But I want you to look at me just a minute. How many of you have ever asked for a blessing? Okay. i don't be really rude right now. The ones of you that didn't raise your hand, you just told a big lie. Okay? We ask God, we're all the time asking God, God bless this, bless that, bless me with this, bless me with that. I want to ask you this. Who in this room would like to be a man or a woman under that same scope or that same realm that Joseph was under? To walk in favor. You see, you see, it was, it was the apostle that that walked in favor when even when he walked up the street and the shadow, the shadow of him cast, when it cast over the people that were beggars and laying on the street, even his shadow healed people. Favor. Favor was radiating. Now, how, how, how would you, how would you like to be in such favor with God that you're over at Walmart, you're back at the meat counter, you're seeing what kind of, you're seeing what kind of discount hamburger, what kind of woohoos they have on sale, you know. You know, and, and, and you, you look, you, you over at the meat counter and all of a sudden you get inside somebody and just, just shadow over them and, and all, all of a sudden that person on that walker is healed. Or that that person that's lost. They could be lost and full of addictions, full of sin, full of all kinds of stuff. If you're lost, you are full of sin. I don't care what it is. But you have such favor that when you come into the room, you enter the room, there's such... Godly favor over you, that conviction begins to occur. You know I don't, I didn't plan to say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know, part of the reason, whether it's Voice of Praise, Worship Center, or any other church, you know part of the problem that people come into our church lost and they'll leave our church lost and we don't impact people out there in the community. You know what our problem is? We're not walking in the favor that God has designed for us to walk in. And until we begin to walk in that favor, we will never fulfill our role and our purpose as churches. Having said that, how many of you all genuinely, sincerely says, "Man, I like to walk. I I want to walk in favor. I want to walk in favor." is why I want you to come. I want you to come down here and meet me at the front. I just like for us coming together in close proximity. We're not going to hold hands because there's a lot of germs going around, and some of you may not have washed your hands. I think I've become a germaphobe lately. I told my wife not long ago, I said, you know, I've never really paid attention to it, but it's amazing the number of men that goes to the men's room and come out. Not just here, but anywhere you go. In general, the number of men that goes to the men's room and use the restroom and they leave without washing their hands. And then we handle that doorknob after them. And whatever else they touch. That's a different message though. But listen, I desire to be in favor. I hope you desire to be in God's favor. Because when we find ourselves in God's favor, then we're going to start impacting. We're going to impact. If people that comes through that door will be impacted with favor. People that you meet out there are going to impact with, be impacted with God's favor. Egypt was blessed because of the favor of God on Joseph. Israel was spared because of the favor of God. On Joseph.